Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everyone, welcome to another new edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and it is Sunday. It is Walking Dead Day, and um, for those of you who have just tuned in from uh, tuned into the podcast after watching The Walking Dead 1103, it's a huge episode. There's a lot to break down from that and a lot to discuss. So we'll be talking about that uh, throughout the week in subsequent podcasts. Um, this podcast is, uh, as I had promised from the previous podcast, this is the second half of my conversation with The Walking Dead's Lori Fortier, who plays Agatha. And um, this, as you as you may have picked up, because you, know, you can't actually say these things in the moment, but you may have picked up that I was kind of frustrated with the way that, that <laughs> these episodes are airing. Um, and that's because if you have AMC+, Plus, then Last week, when everybody was getting the network premiere of Acheron Part 2, they were also watching um, 1103, where Agatha meets her very tragic demise at the hands of some walkers. Um, one thing that I, you know, it's it's hard because you know, we're, we're not allowed, media aren't allowed to do anything until after the network premiere. Um, so, you know, there's a lag and so it's, it's kind of hard to, to figure out, but, you know, we're making the best of the system as, as, you know, as best as we can. Um, a couple of things about this episode, and then I'm going to jump into that second half of the interview. Um, I do want to say just, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you want to stay for the rest of the, uh, to the, uh, the rest of the episode, I will say that Lori breaks down that moment, uh, you know, how she came about, uh, you know, how they filmed her death on the show. And uh, she said there is a very, very special cameo. One of the walkers who killed her was uh, none other than Greg Nicotero. He he put on his makeup and he was one of the walkers in that pile. So it's really cool if you listen to listen to her describe how that all went down and, and what that was like. So uh, that is definitely worth listening to and it's it's coming up right after this. Um, I did just want to talk a little bit, you know, this uh, this week I will have uh, have an interview with Nadia Hilker and, and Angel Theory about the episode. And uh, they we talk about a lot of things. This episode, uh, you know, I had I had said something on social media and I just wanted to kind of clarify. Um, you know, I didn't talk a lot about this episode initially, and that was by design because I was kind of flustered with it. And and it's a beautiful episode. It, the writing is is fantastic. I think the story development uh, in in many areas is brilliant, especially uh, you know those scenes with you know with Maggie and Negan and Alden and Agatha. You know her sacrifice to save Maggie and you know Alden's 
desire to, you know, to help by staying behind, putting himself at risk because he knows that they need to keep going. Um, you know, Negan telling Maggie that there are no easy decisions, you know, and, and kind of just all of these moments are just so beautiful. And, um, you know, there, this episode actually, it, it's interesting. It actually has one of my favorite moments of the entire series. And it also has my absolute least favorite moment ever in one episode. And it was very unexpected when I watched it. I have to, you know, I, I, I will say briefly that, um, you know, when I was watching my screener, I actually stopped it and turned it off and, and was kind of upset by it. And then I came back and finished it. Um, you know, when I say my favorite moment, I, you might, you might guess this, but I absolutely loved that scene when they were wrangling the horses and, you know, watching these women come together and, you know, Carol and Rosita and, uh, Magna and, and Kelly, like watching them working together, you know, it's really striking to think that those four women may never have known each other outside of the apocalypse. Like if, if nothing, if, if everything had remained the same, there's a very good chance they would never know each other ever or cross paths ever. And, and so to see them working together so beautifully, <clears throat> it really emphasizes the, their relationship and it, it emphasizes how far they've come, but just, you know, how, how much they mean to each other and how well they work together. And so I thought that was just, it was such a powerful moment. And it's just, it's one of those moments of triumph. You know, they had a goal, something needed to happen. And, you know, a lot was riding on getting those horses back and they did it and it was beautiful. And so it was just, it was such a wonderful moment. And I just absolutely was dumbstruck by what happened afterwards with Carol and that damn horse. And I, I know it's, it's kind of a joke at this point, I think. I think it's like some kind of sick, twisted joke that horses just don't fare well in this, this world. But I have to say that was the dumbest, dumbest decision to kill the friggin' horse. They had food. They had enough food for days. They've been able to get back and forth to Oceanside. They could have taken the horse to Oceanside and gotten some fish or found a lake place and that wasn't disturbed by walkers because, you know, the, the whisperers wouldn't have been in a lake, so the fish would still be there. It, it just it, it seemed like such a weird decision to have Carol kill the horse and you know even if she had to even if it was the right decision I, I don't know that it was um having her do it that way and and have them depict it so graphically I think it was just a big mistake overall I think it was gratuitous and I think that it's um <clears throat> you know again you you all know that I talk from my heart when it comes to this show and um I have to say that I don't understand what they're doing with Carol. I, I, I don't think that that was the decision. Like, she didn't consult anybody. She was the one who said, we need to go get the horses back. We need the horses. They're essential. You know, at this point, all of those other horses have been slaughtered. So these are potentially the only horses left. So to kill one, while I understand the, the decision behind it, I also don't understand why you would get rid of a finite resource that could lead to more. You know, this is kind of that classic, uh, 
you know, you can you can give a man a fish, but if you teach him to fish, then you've, you know, uh, whatever the divide, I don't even know what the friggin' expression is, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's you, if, if you had used this resource to go get more food, it would be more valuable than killing the resource to eat. And I think that's the part, it just, it doesn't seem like logical reasoning. And I think someone probably would have talked her out of it had, like, had they known that she was about to go do this. And, and we've been seeing these instances of Carol going and doing things. And, um, you know, I think it's a weird, it's a weird decision for the character. I hope something comes from it. I hope, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, she's, she's still definitely suffering. So there's, you know, there is that, but I don't understand this need to, for her to keep making these decisions on her own that are, you know, potentially, I'll just go ahead and say it. I think it's a questionable decision that she made. I don't think it was necessarily uh, the right decision. And I think that's probably why she didn't consult with anyone. Cause it was, you know, I think there would have been a debate over whether it was needed, but you know, at the end of the day, I think the whole, the, I mean, it was one thing to see all the dead horses and you're like, okay, dead horses, whatever, but to see the horse lay down and trust her and then to have her do that, it just, uh, it was just too much. And it really turned me off in ways that I've, I've, have sat through, um, good Lord, I've sat through, you know, (laughs) the season seven premiere and not felt that way. That's, it just, maybe it was because I knew what was coming in that episode. So I knew what, what to expect, but this was just gratuitous. It just seemed like you did, you could have done it off screen and it would have been okay. But, uh, you know. I don't know, but I've been, I've been harping on that for a few minutes now and I didn't mean to do that, but I just, I wanted to clear that up. That's one of the reasons, you know, the episode itself, everything outside of that, that moment was great. It was just that moment. Just, I, it really put a bad taste in my mouth and I, I can't, I can't shake it, unfortunately. And I, I, I want to, I, I want to not feel the way I do, um, about that decision to, to portray that, but I just, I can't shake it. But everything aside, moving on, everything about, everything else about the episode was really brilliant. And, um, you know, as I said before, this is the episode where we lose Agatha and, um, you know, she sacrificed herself and, you know, she saw she had been bit. She knew what was going to happen and she wanted to use, she wanted Maggie to use the opportunity to escape. And that says a lot about her relationship with Maggie, you know, her understanding of what was going on, you know, that, that, that they needed this food so badly that if she could be that person, you know, I mean, she didn't throw herself in front of the walker, certainly, but, you know, given that this was happening, like she, she did what she had to do. And I think it says a lot about her. So, um, I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty it's pretty brilliant. And I love knowing that Greg Nicotero was part of that scene. So I'm going to jump, I'm going to go right into the second half of our interview. And it's, it's really fascinating to hear her talk about, uh, you know, how all of these things came together in this episode. So uh, definitely, uh, I think you're going to pick up on a lot of stuff. And it's, it's just really exciting. So 
I hope you enjoy. This is my second half of my interview with Lori Fortier. Okay, we're back as promised with Lori Fortier, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation from last week. And uh, since not everybody had a chance to see 1103, we didn't want to spoil anything for anybody. So Lori is back to talk about everything that happened in in 1103. So thank you, Lori, for, for coming back and, and talking about this episode with me. Hi, Sarah Beth. It's good to be back. And yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to talk about 103, 1103. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's such a, first of all, um, you mentioned that you haven't seen the finished episode yet. So you're going to be watching with everybody else kind of seeing what how like seeing the finished product. I am. I know how it, I know how it ends. <laughs> it's not looking so good for Agatha, but, but um, I am super excited to see um, everything. Um, and especially the, the opening that I, you know, you and I were talking just now off, off, uh, off mic, but um, the opening with the way that we shot that opening sequence was so um, like, completely choreographed and so many moving parts and you know actors going this way and that way and this way and that way and um cameras like everywhere and uh you know it was uh, it's gonna be interesting I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the opening because of that I have never like when you know and I've seen a lot of episodes of The Walking Dead and it, what we were what we were talking about off mic was that um when I saw the episode I wasn't sure if I was seeing the finished episode, like was I waiting, was sort of something missing you know, VFX wise that hadn't been put in the screener. Cause it just, it just starts out and you're just like, oh my God, like this is, I mean, it feels like a nightmare. Like you're trapped in this yeah. nightmare and it can't possibly be real. And I think that's the part that really just got me was that it never felt real until you realized that, yeah, it is, this, this was happening. This wasn't just a, you know, some kind of a, a dream or a vision or, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't a flashback because we were right there happening kind of in real time. So, yeah. and, and so to, to have that realization, was just like, oh my God, like, wow. Yeah. I think our director, Fred Toy, he did such a good job creating that world and that like visceral feeling of like, what's going on and who's shooting who and, um, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be really cool to see that. And, you know, this is a, this is one of those episodes and, uh, you know, now, you know, as, as you had said before that you hadn't, you hadn't watched the walking dead until after you brought Agatha to life. Um, it's so interesting to me because in so many ways, the walking dead isn't about the walkers. I mean, it was in the beginning, but it very quickly became a show about people and what people do. And, and this, the fact is these, these reapers are scary as all hell. I mean, the, the, there, is, there is no middle ground with these people. It's, it's live or die. And I think that makes them some of the more terrifying, mm. you know, I mean, it would, like the whispers are like a, they're like a parasite, right? Like they just kind of move over the earth and take things and do things. Mm. But when you have intention, that changes everything. And these, yeah. these reapers are just so, you know, they want something and they, but they, they're organized and it's, 
so much more intense than I think many of the, the, the villains we've seen before. I mean, that's what makes them so terrifying. Yeah, it, that's, that's a good way to put it, really. They're, they're intentful. In, 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 sim, similar to a way a, a terrorist would be, you know, they, they are willing to blow themselves up in just to kill, to take out whoever's near them. Um, and like, I just love the line when Maggie says, the, the minute you see them, you're dead. You know, and I think that's what she means by that. Um, yeah, they're ter they're terrified, and they and they it's it, they feel like they're highly trained as well. So you're like, what kind of a society, like, wants to kill people just for the sake of of killing them? Um, you know, like I know it's the the cool thing about the show is that it's really less about the walkers per se than what happens when we lose our humanity and we're forced to have to to kill other people maybe to survive but now you've got this group that's just interested in just killing killing sake of killing yeah and that just that just ramps everything up tenfold and you know and then you're still in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and that's right and it's interesting to me because in this this absolutely plays into Agatha's fate, but it's interesting to me how the Reapers use the walkers as weapons. You know, like they're they're driving people towards things. Mm. They're, you know, by chasing people and making people stop thinking, you know, because there's that when you're in the middle of the, the flight or fight mode, you're not, you're not thinking or you don't have, I mean, you want to think that you have the capacity to to think about things clearly, but sometimes you don't. So even the most well-trained person who knows you shouldn't just blindly run into a forest or run through a forest because you don't know what's there. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do. And that's that's when tragic things happen in this world. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where, where Agatha finds herself. Yeah. Yeah, and and we all find find ourselves in the in the middle of it, and somehow miraculously end up escaping. <laughs> Barely, um, Duncan gets injured, and um, Cole got hit, and um, Roy, they took out Roy. So yeah, it was pretty brutal on on everybody. Um, and, and I, I think it probably caught the fans a little bit off guard. Like you say, you were sort of like, wait, what's happening? Um, you know, I, I think that's, what's really cool about, um, the writers is they're able to just like, you know, create these storylines that like kind of take you by surprise at, at times. And, and they really, I mean, they, I think people, at least from, from my perspective as a fan, I expected this group to last a little bit longer than you know than they did i mean it it it's true that most new people introduced in the show don't often make it out but sometimes they do i mean alden is a, is a great example i mean the fact that he uh has lasted several seasons is is a tribute to uh you know he's he's still here so sometimes it works in their favor yeah but, yeah but for maggie to lose true. all of these people I mean, talk about destabilizing, like that just, you know, her family unit, as we talked about in the last episode, I mean, she's, uh, she's now lost, she's, she's lost everybody. 
Right, which will be interesting for her character development because I think she feels supported with us around and therefore she can make these tough choices like like Gage in the subway and and just stay focused on her mission. But now that the writers have taken away the wardens from her, it'll be interesting to see her like move forward and um, to see how she like maintains maintains that the, the focus if she's still able to, uh, you know, to be, to, to, to make decisions from her, from her warrior self, you know, versus the way that Maggie used to be. So when you, um, you know, I'm, it's always interesting because you hear these stories about, you know, how actors find out their, their, their characters are not going to live long in this universe. Did you know from the start that you would have a, a short arc or how did, like how far in advance did you know that this was going to, this, this was coming for Agatha? Yeah, I knew the, um, I, I knew the number of episodes that I was in and I won't say it now because I don't want to give it away, <laughs> but I knew the number of episodes and um, I think, yeah, it is a big deal on this show. I think that when you find out that you're, um, you're going to die, uh, or get eaten. Um, I think <laughs> normally Angela like makes the call and it's like a thing, you know, <laughs> but I think that she was so crazed with like getting these two episodes together that my agent actually called me and, um, he's sweet, but you know, cause I knew that I, there was an end to it. I just didn't know how I was going to die, which of course I thought was super cool. And, um, was really cool. And and I don't know if you know this, but uh, Greg Nicotero was the walker that killed me. He wanted to dress up as the walker who killed me. And so that was an, a like total honor on top of on top of everything else. Oh my God, I didn't know that. That is so cool. Yeah, no, I know. He was so sweet. He like, he's like a kid in a candy store. He, he came up to me before we were shooting and he, he like opened his eyes really big, like with his Walker mask on. And he goes, look, I put, I put the contacts in for you. So you could like really react off me. <laughs> and I was like, you're awesome. I love you. Oh my God. Yeah. He was fun. What, what a gosh. Cause I mean, I definitely like that. There are, you know, there are deaths on the show and then there are deaths on the show. And I have to say, Agatha had just, Everything about Agatha's death was so, I mean, just the fact that she was, you know, she knew she was bit, she knew there wasn't, you know, there was nothing she could do. And, and so to, to, to tell Maggie, like, keep going, like, says so much about who she is as a person. But then to have, you know, the way, like, from a fan perspective, I mean, like, watching the walkers descending and, you know, knowing Greg was there, like, that's even better. But, like, what was, I mean, could you talk a little bit about like how all of those things come together? Because I, I would imagine, um, I would imagine that it was, it was maybe a little bit different because of COVID protocols that, you know, you might've seen things going a little differently than you normally would on a, on a Walker kill. Um, no, actually, no. I mean the, the, um, I know I can't wait to see how they, how that looks. Cause yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. Um, after I got eaten by Greg, 
<laughs> just <laughs> fucker. Um, then I, I was, Agatha was overcome with like, I don't know, probably there was like seven or eight of them. And um, they were just like all over me. And we just, you know, the, these are background that have been with the show for quite a while. And so we were able to shoot that scene, like, you know, with with all of them on top of me and we were all I was comfortable with it they were comfortable with it everybody was very respectful we kind of worked out like some movements okay I'll put my hand here and I'll like pretend like I'm biting you here and and then I think there was a camera up above that they got like an overhead shot of that um so and lots of blood I mean lots of blood <laughs> um but like in terms of the story, you know, it's it made it made sense, of course, that Agatha would give her life for, so that Maggie could escape. Because really, at that point, I, you know, had nothing to to live for. You know, Duncan, who it, it, I don't know that it's evident in the. Um, in the episodes, but in the script, it was implied that Duncan and I were boyfriend, girlfriend, partners, if you'll, if you'll call it. So when he died, um, that was, you know, devastating. And Agatha really had nothing more left to live for. My, my, you know, with the exception of Elijah, um, who's still alive, um, and Frost, um, everybody else perished. <laughs> so it, and it it would and it would make sense in a lot of ways. I I always approached Agatha as like Maggie's shadow self, in the sense that like Maggie would be Agatha if she weren't a mother, and so you know she's she had to she has to live so that she could be there for Herschel, and it it made perfect sense that I would tell her to run and so that she could escape and you know and. Uh, and live so that she could be there for Herschel, you know? And I think, I think what's really interesting about that too is that Agatha saw Negan reacting to that, seeing the opportunity and being like, we have to go, Maggie, we have to go. Do you think that that changed her perspective of him at all? Like, I mean, I know she's being eaten, so it's hard to like, you know, get too deep into that. But I mean, is that like, did he see what she was doing? And, and do you think that she was like, okay, good, like, he gets it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he gets it and he's right. And in that, in that way, yeah. In that moment, he was right to take her and grab her and tell her to go for sure. Is that, I mean, it's, it's one of those, I, you know, the, like I said, I, I had said this before that you're, you're tied into these really powerful episodes that mean so much for the fabric of the universe. Like this is, this is, these are moments that are, are so pivotal. And so to be part of, you know, part of, of Maggie's return, but also this, this turning point for her where, you know, things, things will never be a hundred percent with Negan. And, and that's a whole other, that's a whole other situation with, you know, how people feel about Negan. But in this moment, he did the right thing. I mean, he did exactly what he sh you would hope that somebody would do for you if you you know you had a hundred percent a hundred percent and and this is this is why Sarah Beth if I had actually known the characters and watched the show beforehand going into it I would have just been like 
oh my gosh. So, you know, it would have been probably an intimidating set to walk onto um, more than it, more, way more than it was. So, um, yeah, because you're right. These, these characters have such, Maggie and Megan have such a history. And so to be a part of that, of their, you know, to, to have that kind of influence over Maggie in her, in her dealings, you know, with Negan and what's going on right now was like huge for Agatha and for myself as, as, you know, the actress in me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge storyline. So it was very cool, like super great. Just so excited that I could be a part of it for sure. And, and it, it just, it comes together so beautifully and, um, you know, so hopefully we might, you know, with The Walking Dead, you never know. I mean, you might be dead right now, but that doesn't mean you're not dead and or you're not still around in some kind of flashback or something. That's that's kind of the beauty of a show like this is that you can do things like that. So, you know, hopefully this, this won't this be the end true. of your journey. This is true. And I may or may not be seen in the next episode in some way, shape or form. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, as we, uh, you know, as we bring this, uh, this conversation to a close, I mean, what's it been like for you to, to kind of become part of the, the Walking Dead family? I mean, now that, now that you've had the experience and the episodes have aired finally, so you can finally talk about it and talk to people about what, you know, your arc, your character's arc has been like, and, and, but what's been like, you know, to connect with fans on social media? Like what, what was their, what has the response been like for you? Oh, well, it's, it's funny. It, you know, when I walked onto the set, right, day one, I mean, these actors have he, Lauren and um, Jeffrey Dean and Norman and Seth and, and Callan as well. They had, they have huge fan bases and there's such a like, like I, the show is like iconic in a way. And I just have to say they were all um, incredibly welcoming people and very generous um actors and and what's what's funny is the the fans too have been you know incredibly welcoming on social media and just you know all like just welcome welcome to the world welcome to the family it's always felt like a family uh, um and and the producers angela even though we were never able to hello oh i'm here Oh, I thought it hurt something. Yeah, even though um, I never got to meet her, she was, you know, because of COVID, there were a limited number of people and producers that could be on set. Um, she's just been absolutely lovely to me. And um, uh, as was Denise Huth, who is our on-set producer. And I don't know if I'm saying her last name correct, but anyway. Um, and then, and then, like I say, Greg, getting to work with Greg, he's, it was just so refreshing to see he's, I mean, look, he's been on the show since day one and he's a legend in that world. And to have him like, want to like get dressed up, you know, in this like hot zombie, uh, Walker, you know, mask and wear these contacts just so he could like be a part of the scene was like, it's so cool. So like, you know, refreshing to see people that have been doing this this long on the same show that are not, that are just still excited by, by the work. It was great. That's, that's like my one, you know, 
a, a memory that I'll always have is how everybody on the show involved with the show was still really excited about the work after 11 seasons, you know, after, after all these years, they're, they're just wonderful, lovely people. I love it. I love it. Cause that's, that's, I I've heard that from so many people over the years. And I just, I, you can really tell when, you know, there's like the, uh, the party line, you know, like where people are like, oh yeah, it was a great experience, but they don't really like, it's not, you know, they're not, they probably don't mean it. And I have heard every single person who, who sets foot on the, the walking dead set. I mean, they have just nothing but positive, positive experiences. And, and it's, it, the show could be as heavy as it tends to be. I mean, it's, it's some of the heaviest material on television, yeah, but everybody yeah. just loves the environment and loves the the atmosphere and that just says so much about about the show and the cast and the crew and and that's why we love it yeah no it's it's true and and you know the stunt department who I did some work with they were great um gosh hair, hair and makeup and um of course the the special effects department um so yeah just everybody everybody like from top to bottom was warm and welcoming oh that's so cool that is so cool well I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here and and to to be on the podcast and uh to share your journey as Agatha and I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's not quite come to an end but uh as ends go in terms of uh her, her death that was that was just one of the most beautiful beautiful scenes and and just done for you know absolutely um altruistic reasons which is so unusual in this world so Mm. thank you so much hey i'm so i'm glad i'm glad you liked it and i am so happy that you um gave me the opportunity to speak with you today um thank you i appreciate it and it's cool that uh that you have this podcast and you know can can give the fans um like more more walking dead to absorb more than they see on the screen um so yeah thank you (laughs) thank you so much all right we're back and i hope you enjoyed that i really i had so much fun talking with Lori, and i you know part of me you know as we um you know, after, after our conversation, um, we spent a few moments chatting and we were talking about these spinoffs that are coming up and, you know, getting to know, um, getting to know these people that Maggie was with, it makes me glad that we have Tales of the Walking Dead coming. And, um, this would be such an interesting story to tell, you know, if, if, if even, you know, even if Lauren Cohan didn't want to be part of it, to do an episode that features Agatha and Gage and, you know, all of the people that are traveling with them right now, right now that, you know, unfortunately we've lost several of them now. I mean, they're, they're gone. Um, but it would be fun to be able to go back and, and go back to that point in time before Maggie arrives back in Alexandria and get to know them and get to know, uh, you know, who they are and what they're about and how they lived. And, and, you know, even if it's just one episode in the middle of this, you know, this limited series they're doing, or this, the series not limited, it's, it's, it's an anthology series that they're doing that, you know, jumps from story to story. I think that would be really fun. And it would be easy to do given that, uh, that all of the characters are available right now. And they're, um, you know, it's, it's not huge. It's not a huge time jump. You could, you could do it 
a couple months prior and it would still be very interesting. So, so yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be neat. And, you know, when, when I ran that buyer, she was interested too. I mean, I think now that everybody's gotten to know these characters and to get to know Agatha and, and, and all of the characters that were traveling, I think it would be interesting to go back and, and kind of get to know these people. So, um, if anyone out there from The Walking Dead is listening, there is lots of interest in having those stories told. So um, it just, again, it makes me really excited to know that we have that vehicle to um, to tell those stories. So, so yeah, so this week, uh, let's see, it's Sunday. So yeah, depending on it, whether you're an AMC Plus subscriber or not, you may be watching uh, next week's episode, 11.04, you may just have watched 11.03 and that's new, or you may not have watched anything because you've already watched them all and who knows. That's the world we live in now, so hopefully uh, hopefully we're hitting on a little bit of everything as we go. So um, so yeah, so this week over and on, it, my interview with Nadia and Angel will be over on Winter is Coming dot com and uh i will make sure to send a link out to everybody uh, on my social media if you make sure everybody sees that because it was a fun conversation it it actually was really uh it really you know being able to get into that moment about getting the horses together and and the the growth that those two characters have had um over the past few seasons it was it i i really enjoyed the conversation and i can't wait to, to talk with them again about what's coming because it, it just sounds like it's just going to get crazier and crazier. So, uh, so we will have those and then, yeah, we'll have more podcasts and all kinds of stuff for you this week. So, um, so yeah, so thank you so much for, uh, for coming on this journey. I want to thank Lori Fortier for being my guest for these two episodes. And, um, you know, she's always welcome back if she ever wants to come back and talk more walking dead or just, you know, whatever she has going on. Once you're in the Walking Dead family, you are always in the Walking Dead family and you're always welcome on the Undead Walking podcast. So, so yeah, so for now, I'm going to say goodbye and, and uh, hit me up on, on Twitter if you have any questions or if you want me to address anything in the next podcast. My Twitter handle is at Sarah Beth Pollock. And uh, yeah, remember to, to subscribe and like the podcast so we can keep bringing it to you every week with uh, new and fun content. And, uh, yeah, and happy Labor Day for those who are celebrating and, um, yeah, enjoy the long weekend. So thank you so much, everyone. Just always, always remember to stay safe, wash your hands, and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody.